Hi guys, welcome to the Last Set Podcast, episode 146. Joining me for today's guest, he's a personal trainer, online coach, and competitor, currently four weeks out from his next competition. He took time out of his busy schedule to join me live at the Hen House Rehearsal Studio. Please welcome Josh Birch. What's going on, brother? Hello, how are we? I'm doing really well. It's great to finally have you in here because we've been back and forth for quite some time. Yeah, it's been like maybe two months since maybe we originally messaged and then it's just been busy schedule obviously like the original father's day plan was there and then that was just not planned properly on on either end and then you obviously you went away on holiday didn't you yeah i went to bali for the first time how was it i've never been either yeah dude i honestly if you're someone who has a very open mind and then you go to bali and then you look at what these people have and what they work for yeah it changes your perspective really hey like these people a lot here's the thing i'm always telling about especially in Perth and Australia, also in America, everyone's trying to like one up each other when you meet them. Everyone's yeah. trying so hard to oppress each other and they have like this fake niceness. Yeah. But you go to Bali, people are like... It's a good topic, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's, uh, but you go to Bali, like someone will have a job working in a restaurant. That person is so happy just to have a job. Yeah, just genuine. Yeah. And you've, I also didn't know this as well, but the current, you know, the currency in in Balinese currency is rupee, yep. and one dollar is to one thousand yep. rupee. So ten dollars equals ten thousand. That and no, ten dollars equals one hundred thousand. Yeah, <laughs> fuck on the fly. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Um. Uh. Trust me, I struggled there as well. But <laughs> the highest note that they have is a t- is pretty much like a ten dollar note. Yeah. And then ten uh one hundred thousand. I was giving out tips to waiters because I always really appreciate their service. Of course. But you give them that red note, it's like that's their Life-changing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's – I've had one person almost like break down into tears. Wow. And it was that – and I came back and I was like getting coffee down there and then the waitress was like being last. I was like, hmm, someone needs to go to Bali. You yeah. Know? You'll value what you have. I think well. so. Like I've been to Thailand before. It's quite oh. a while ago now. But I can't imagine like for me like – I feel like people, um, I feel like Australians flock to Bali because it's cheap and it's they abuse it, if that makes sense. Oh, 100%. Um, but where for me, like in my eyes, obviously I haven't been, I'd like to go to maybe some point next year. Um, but it's got to be very similar to something like Thailand, I can imagine. And yeah, like I agree with you. It's just very like everyone's very, for the most part, very genuine and, and just happy to be doing their own thing. Um, that's very... That is, that is true. When yeah. I was there, actually rolling into the country, I thought about my time because I've also been to ba- uh, Thailand as well a couple of yeah. times. So I thought it was going to be similar. It is similar, but in a way, Bal- Bali is, um, I think, I feel like they're more business in- orientated. When I was in Thailand, I remember it was a lot more party orientated. Yeah. And there was a lot of prostitution. Yeah. Like people, they're just walking, the, they're, they're girls or guys just walking the streets. But when I was trying to kind of, preparing myself for that because obviously this is the first time I've ever traveled with my girlfriend. Yeah, you can imagine it'd be something similar, yeah. And there wasn't any of that. Wow, really? None of that at all. Because I, I do remember a lot of that from Thailand as well. And I wasn't even in Bangkok. I was I spent my time in Thailand in, in Phuket and Same. it was very much like that. So Yeah, you go down that strip and yeah. then everyone's trying to sell you to Main, a strip yeah. club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, even nah, if nah. you're like 14 years old, it's really bad. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> That's awesome. True. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, so... You got a competition coming up in four weeks, man. Let's let's dive into this. So twenty six days out. Twenty six days out. How you feeling right now? Uh, physically feeling a bit beat up as expected, but mentally, man, I was I'm having a few conversations with um, 
just some people this week. Um, and I think mentally, it is so, it's such a weird thing, but like my mental health is probably in the best spot it's ever been in its life. Wow. Um, and I think that's probably like a weird thing for like someone four weeks out to say, because um, obviously like so much can happen and, and the littlest things often are the biggest things for a lot of people. But I think I just feel very aligned in my life now. I think the aligned is the word that I've been using um, these, these, these past few weeks. Um, and everything in my life just feels like it's on the path that it needs to be, which is even outside of this competition as well with work and, and, and my business and stuff. Um, and just how I feel as a person, like uh, as a genuine person, not the bodybuilder Josh, but like the person Josh. Um, and it's, it's yeah, it's very good. So I'm very good. I feel very, I feel great. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. So you don't mind me asking that. How old are you, bro? I'm 23. Tw yeah. Holy I know I look 27. <laughs> Dude, you're, you're younger than me. Yeah. I just turned 24. When's your birthday then? 21st June. 21st Oh, 99. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fuck. Well, I, would, you, I gotta say, you sound incredibly mature. Yeah. For someone like that, but I appreciate that. I I get where you're coming from because this isn't your first competition, as well, is it? Uh, it is, oh. but it's my third prep. They, oh, okay. That's the, that's. Thank what you for the the c word. Yeah. <laughs> the c word. <laughs> oh, okay. That's been enough. around for a few years. But that's um that's important though because how I've had. So many bodybuilders yeah. and people in the PT industry come on the podcast and they tell me the hardest thing for them was always the mental side when it came to getting ready because it's for a lot of them, it's the first time they've ever gone on a cut. Yep. So I've always said, uh, I obviously haven't done any bodybuilding or anything like that, but I would assume you want to go on a couple of mini cuts first before you ta take the whole thing. So take, I tell, it's like going into a competition, it's like a marathon and then a mini cuts like a half marathon or a yep. 12k run so you know you're accustomed to it yep but the ones who truly truly enjoy the sport are not the ones who just want to look good on stage of for course for photos yeah those are the ones that stick with it yeah you feel that way 100 percent. yeah this is uh definitely the the path i want to go forward with my life and i think that's my actions um match my words as well like this being the third prep almost consecutively now um, and the first one's obviously eventuating into a competition. Um, I started the first prep um, end of 2020 for beginning of last year. Um, and that got to four weeks out. I think that got to like 31 days out or something. And then it was canceled because of everything that was going on in the world. Oh, okay. Now this makes um, a lot more sense. Yeah. A lot of the, the other shows went on, but IFBB kind of was, they're the main shows obviously. And they, they got canceled. Um, and then I was in prep for season A this year. So I did a very, very quick off season and it wasn't enough time. It was almost like a race to kill the appetite kind of thing. Put on as much leg size as you possibly can in three, four months and then diet again. Um, and that's what we did. And then I was in prep there and I got to 12 weeks out and I was extremely lean for 12 weeks out. I almost looked like six weeks out. It was not a good spot to be in. Um, and I had a few health issues and a personal issues that I needed to address. So I'd end up pulling out of that comp. Um, and that was for the best. I then went into another off season, a proper off season. It was a lot more structured. Um, obviously had a lot more knowledge at that point as well. And um, and then started to prep in May, and here we are. Oh, and the here competition that you're heading to is IFBB? Correct, yeah. Okay, and it's going to be for Classic Physique. Mm -hmm. Now, for those who actually uh, don't know what this is we're talking about, what are the parameters of the Classic Physique, and what are they in line with that federation as well? So with IFBB, obviously, 
for me, like the IFBB would be the highest standard of bodybuilding, right? Because you look at someone like, for example, I feel like the easiest example to use these days is going to be like someone like Chris Bumstead, right? So run with the IFBB, like that's the the whole, that's the path that leads to the Olympia for the best of the best. And, and, and that's kind of everyone that competes in the IFBB would be obviously gunning for that, you know, the, 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 that top kind of um, echelon. Um, so classic physique, um, is one of the four main categories as an amateur three. So you've got like men's physique, which is the board shorts. Um, and then we have the classic physique or classic bodybuilding, kind of depending who you ask. And then you have open bodybuilding. Um, classic physique would be, I guess, somewhere in the middle where they're still doing all the bodybuilding poses. You obviously can show your legs. And the trunks are slightly different, but it has a little bit more emphasis on the presentation of your physique and the presentation of yourself as well. So they still want someone that's, uh, that looks after themselves and looks like they look after themselves in terms of like, quote unquote, prettiness almost um, on stage and just, and just looks good in general and just presents themselves in a way that is very much like, um, I guess the, 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 the category kind of came around to kind of emulate that Arnold era, right? Yeah. Similarly to that, obviously a little bit different, uh, quite a bit different realistically, but kind of similarly to that and presenting themselves in that way. Well, I remember when the classic physique first came around, how there was actually like a massive, like there was actually a lot of starving for it. Yeah, it still is, man. It's, it's crazy. I think at the Olympia this year, there's like 70 something classic physique competitors. Oh, which is huge at the Olympia as well. Like that's obviously like best of the best. And I remember when we, uh, when everyone was like glorifying off the day, you know, like Jay Cutler, Ronnie yeah. Coleman, and um, you know, and then it became the Kai Green and yep. Phil Heath, and that really exploded it. But since then, I argue that it's gone down a little bit because if you look at the, um, if you, I, I can't, I don't know who them are, but who the top open building buildings are yep. right now, but. It would be hard to name unless you're a super diehard fan. But right now, everybody's hearing about the classic physique, guys. Everyone's talking about Chris yep. Bumstead. He's become a cultural icon, right? That's now. the thing as well. He's a lot more mainstream as well. And I think obviously him being a part of Gymshark probably helped or definitely helped with that because obviously Gymshark is such a brand that someone who doesn't even know anything about bodybuilding, you would see them wearing a Gymshark shorts in the gym, right? So it just makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, that's correct. And the fact that also, like, I felt like where we're going in terms of culture like before then people were always talking about the golden era yep. and then they entered it and then so then they actually introduced it because the, what happened was with the physique over the years yeah those guys got even bigger of course yeah and then someone made the argument oh they're just like open bodybuilders from the top heart from the heart we need heart. something in between yeah yeah so and then is it true like in um classic physique there's more like physical parameters like you can't weigh a certain way if you're a certain height yep correct so each they have height categories height to weight categories um and then certain jumps will be you can't weigh more than a certain okay. um um you can't weigh more than obviously a certain parameter so i think for my height i think i can be like I, i'm on the border of whether i can be like 89 or 93 kilos so i'm obviously hoping they height me in as taller so then in the future i have more room to grow um but it kind of matches so that like everyone let's say there's five different competitors all at different weight caps. It kind of matches so that that muscle kind of looks very similar on their frame regardless. So no one's outsized. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes a lot more sense. Do you have to follow any certain parameters for yourself right now or is it sort of a bit more open for IFBB? Um, yeah. So with IFBB, like I said, you do have the height to weight um, requirements. This year I'll be under it, so I'm not stressed about it. I can kind of like say like um, 
the next time I compete, I'd, I'd plan to be kind of struggling to hit that weight gap, which is obviously what I want. Um, I'm making sure that I'm kind of really sucking down for it. But this year, it would be one of them things where I'm not, it's not something I need to worry about. I'm quite a few kilos under. Well, that's good. That's good to hear. I and mean, yeah. What about the whole like sort of like posing situation? So how does that posing situation differ from the open? Um, I don't think it differs largely in terms of your mandatory poses. I think the only ones that you don't do in classic would be most muscular side tricep and front lat spread. Mm-hmm. I think front lat spread should be in classic, by the way. Not yeah. only because my best pose, and that's the <laughs> photos that I'm always posting. <laughs> Not even that, but that's also the one that, to me, the always the most impressive. Oh, right, because it just shows everything. You can't hide. Exactly. Well, yeah. it shows that wideness. Yeah. And I always thought about when it came to classic, they want that, that you know. The that V taper. Yeah. 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 And they want to make sure they can show that section off. Yeah. And then it also makes your waist look smaller as 100%, well. And yeah. I thought that's what they were looking for. Yeah. yeah. So that's obviously the difference. And then the posing routines are pretty similar. I think like open guys, I think are taking a little bit more pride at the top level anyway, taking a little bit more pride in their posing routines now just because people want to see it. Um, and people would just want to see the like the bodybuilders present their physiques in a proper way. Well, it is part, I would say, I've been told it is half entertainment, half sport. It's because it's a really tough argument. Yeah. And it's, I'm on the fence about it. It's hard because I think bodybuilders, right. You don't have off time. If you're a, uh, an NBA player, you have an off season where these these top guys like LeBron and all that kind of stuff, they will take time away from the basketball. They'll take months and months away from the basketball and they can come back and still be better than ever. A bodybuilder, if I take six months off from the gym, like it's going to take me six months to get back to where I left. You know what I mean? Let alone improve. So I think like in that, in that respect, I think you're an athlete and I think it makes that a sport because you're, you have to be on your shit all the time. Um, but then I think when it actually comes to the stage, it, like in the least mo- least disrespectful way as possible, but I'm also like I'm obviously a part of it. It's almost more like a beauty pageant kind of thing. Yeah, yeah in that's essence, a, you know what I mean. It it is yeah. like it, but th- that's okay. It doesn't one hundred percent. People need to understand and embrace that yeah. sort of po- because I've had a lot of uh, fighters on the podcast, and they've sometimes they've criticised it, but like, how can you judge it? It's not, fi- you know, it's not fighting. How can you pit against each other? Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, but that's what they're looking for. Sometimes it's, it, a, it's a very sport. subjective sport. Like, what do you like, apples or oranges? Exactly. Yeah. But again, it's those people. This is what they love to do. It's yeah. what they live to do. And I've said this time and time again. But if you ever want to be successful in anything. I say live like a bodybuilder yep. or live like you're getting ready for a competition because they're paying, exactly, yeah. Yeah. they're paying attention to fucking sleep, how much they're eating, yep. who they're hanging out with, where they're spending their time. And if you apply just those parameters to the say building a business, like yep. you're worried about what you do, what you eat, what I'm you sorry. sleep, you can, yeah, then you can, you get very far in life. You can get very far in life. So I feel like there's a lot to that, lot that mainstream can live, learn to live about. And the other thing is, uh, they talk about, oh, it's putting a, um, what is it? It's putting a negative light on health and fitness because they're getting down to such low uh, body fat. Yep. But then I say, well, that's the point. That That's the whole point that's of the it. Point. No, no one's saying it's healthy. Yeah, it's, no, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no one's out here no like <laughs> claiming that it's the healthiest sport in the world. It's definitely not. And it's not an excuse not to be trying to get at least health, uh, healthy. Like, oh, 100%. Mm, right. 
<laughs> you always get them ones. You always get them ones. Yeah, because that's. I'm also glad you brought that up as well, because obviously you've been a PT yep. and all of that. So, do you, um, do you? How do you sort of? Well, well, the way I'm trying to go with this yep. is the concept of image. Yep. And the, this day and age, we are becoming so so um, involved in this aesthetic of everything. Yep. So when you have like a new client coming along and they say something along the lines of, okay, I want to just get a bigger bum or get some abs or something yep. like that. Do you, okay, that's a focus or do you try and shift their focus onto something a little bit more uh, realistic so they're not too caught up on that? I think to, um, I, I don't want to say grab that <laughs> client's attention, but to kind of, Obviously, people are going to see results, especially if they're first time in the gym. Obviously, you know, you know this, of course, as well. Obviously, a client first time in the gym, they've never been in the gym before. They're going to see results very, very quickly. Okay. If they're with you for a certain period of months, um, however long that may be, then results may slow down a little bit, right? As they get a little bit more intermediate in the gym and not beginner, then results and their muscle gain, et cetera, et cetera, is going to slowly, slowly come down. I think you have to educate that client on... Um, the whole process of it and understanding that progress isn't just abs. Exactly. It isn't just like gaining muscle on your ass. It's the all. It's the hundreds of other things that you're doing in the gym. It's the one kilo extra that you lifted this week compared to last week. It's the, holy shit, I actually slept eight hours last night instead of five. It's, it's everything outside of that as well. And it's the domino effect that looking after yourself has on everything else in your life. True, true. Um, do you okay? So, in terms of that, when you when you're going for a new co client, is that something you tend to focus on as well? Do you ask them like, okay, how are you sleeping? Of course, yeah. How are you eating? Yeah, their check-in forms are quite. Um, there's a lot in there. I know, yeah. <laughs> but I do that as well. I'm an asshole with it, like in the best way possible, though. And it's obviously just because we care, right? Like, yeah. it, you know, you get the clients that just want to give you the bare minimum check-ins and send you photos with no context, and that's it. And you and you get them. Um, but I think it's very important that, and the ones that want to see results and the ones that actually want to progress will, you know, give you all the information. They'll annoy you. <laughs> They'll give you all the information in the world. And, that, and But that's what we love, right? That's I, I'd rather an annoying client that's messaging me all the time asking to make sure this is correct and this is correct than the one that's not because I know that the one that's going to get progress and, and make progress and understand the process of it all is going to be the one that's asking all the questions. Well, again, at the end of the day, that's, that's also the best type of client in my books because Agreed. they're the ones who are also willing to learn. Yep. Uh, one of the things that I know this is well personally in my life, but when you get the people that think they know it all yep. or that, uh, or they're just too focused solely on one thing. Yep. So I'll say, for example, I had this one client. He was so focused on just losing belly fat. Yeah. Okay. He didn't care about anything else. Yep. But every time I try to, he, every time he would see me, he's like, this isn't working. I'm not losing belly fat. But yeah. I'll be like, hold on a second. Your legs are stronger. Yeah. Your arms are stronger. Yep. Your posture's better. Put things into perspective, yeah. And it was, again, it was just that one thing, that one thing the whole time. And then. Did you get fixated on it? You can't. There's, there's, but the, um, you get those people that just focus on that one thing. Everything else good that comes around it. Unless it's not that one thing that they want. Yeah. They're not happy. I agree. And they can be stubborn. Compared to another guy. He came to me and said that, okay, I wanted to fix. He said he was having back pain. Yep. A lot of things I like to deal with. I love to deal with people who are dealing with like back pain, neck pain, hip pain, shoulders, all that sort of stuff. Yep. So 
rehabbing, prehabbing all that. And then along the lines of fixing his back pain, he's telling me he was able, oh, he already started seeing like strength in his legs, his yeah. bench went up and he was able to bench without shoulder pain. And that was the main thing from him as well. And he just forgot all about it. And then he just focused on getting everything a little bit better. Yeah. But because he was so observing of what was getting better, of course, he was much, much older as well. He got so a tremendous amount of benefit out of that. So yeah. really it's what they are, what they actually enjoy. Uh, what's the best part? When they understand that progress is progress. Yeah. That's the best part. And anyway, so just moving on from there, you also do online coaching as well. Correct. Now, I've been heavily critical of uh, <laughs> online coaching in the past because I have always felt like it's a privilege, not a right to a lot of it. And what I mean by that is people who have just trained, just trained, they don't have any qualifications. Yeah. They don't have anything, degrees or anything to back up to it. Yeah. And then they just skip straight to online. Of course, yeah. And I've all and it's absolutely plagued. I agree. I this agree. Industry. Yeah, I've always believed there should be certain parameters you should be able to do first before you go online. Do you agree with that? Or I do you absolutely have like agree with that for sure. Online. I've okay. been in the industry for the since the year after I finished school, so I'd say like end of twenty seventeen, and it's only been something that I've kind of opened up the past year. Well, I'll shake my hand, dude. I'm so, I'm so fucking proud of you. I'm Do you so know what I mean? But it's it's one of them things that I, I agree with you. You get them people who are just like, oh, I want to be an online coach, so I'm going to do a 12-week so-and-so so course. Uh, <laughs> you're my love language, dog. So-and-so course, and then um, and do an online, an, an open online coaching because I have 5,000 followers. Yeah, I did one of those fucking courses. I did one of those courses for the benefit of learning. Yeah. Okay, so I'll give you a little backstory. So- I've been coaching now for two and a half years. Yep. When I hit that two-year mark, I said to myself, I feel like I should just learn a little bit, you know, yep. because I was people were coming to me asking for online coaching, but I said I don't do it, yeah. mainly because I was scared of scared of the idea that this is something, again, you have to learn, earn the right to do. Yep. I feel like you should be already a good coach, or but you can start from scratch or make a mess of it yeah. and learn along the way. But these people, they're too obsessed with like the people with these courses, they're so obsessed with money and yeah. money is like yeah. the big one. Yeah. And that's how they suck people in. Like yeah. make 10K a month in 30 days. Yeah. If anyone told me that was absolute horse bollocks. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. It's, it's, uh, I, I struggle with them courses as well. And I think the social media courses, like some of them can be great, but I also think it's the learning process as well. And, and your social media is only going to grow as fast as it's going to grow. Exactly. Um, it, and it's going to be, I'm sure like, yeah, putting out certain information and, and doing certain things are going to probably get you to gain a little bit of traction faster. But one thing I think I see a lot of in the Australian, I'll say Australian um, fitness industry is it's, it all looks the same. Do you know what I mean? Like it all just looks very similar. Like you look at one person's account, it doesn't look too dissimilar from the the next person's account that's doing a similar thing. Okay, I'm trying to put my idea into that head. Like when you say similar, like what do they all have on? It all just seems like the same kind of process. Oh, you mean like an Instagram? There's bio. no personality yet. Ah, okay. And that's what I struggle with as well. It's just like, I do agree that people, like a coach should be giving out um, advice and like i shouldn't say advice like say uh like put like information and knowledge out on on social media and i think that's brilliant but i also think there has to be a personality there as well otherwise what the fuck like what, who who is that interacting okay so how would you because ha you're obviously how long you've been online coaching for uh we'll go a year and a half year and a half. that's brilliant yeah so how do you put a come put across your personality i think i'm just very honest i'm a very outspoken person um 
obviously with barriers as well, of course, um, but I'm never afraid to speak my mind. I'm always very honest with an opinion that I have. Um, but I also just like, I, I'll, I'll just post me as well. You know what I mean? Like I'll be very honest with stuff and I don't overshare on social media. That's a big one for me today. <laughs> yeah, I don't overshare, but I also just don't like put no information out. I feel like there still has to be something there and some sub substance there. Um, like I've shared bits of this prep and, and it's purely because people like enjoy following along, right? That is but then the you also part. get the ones that overshare their preps and it's just like, we don't need to know that they're literally day in and day out of your every single day life. Cause it's the exact same in prep, believe it or not. And people just try and make it look different than it actually is. Yeah. I've actually recently taken a massive social media hiatus because yeah. well, I'll share this with you, but one thing I'm working on right now is a project. I'm in the process of writing a book. You're awesome. Like a fictional book. Wow. And because it's something I've always wanted to do as well. And well, why not? Um, the main thing as well that's helped a lot was just getting off social media. Yeah. Because I'm not telling anyone what to do. Neither we, who are we to judge. But sometimes a lot lately when I get on social media, I'll see something from someone and I'm just... <laughs> just it's hard to shut your mouth, hey? Yeah. yeah. And it would just, it would make me feel a feeling of annoyance yeah. or irritation. And it's not because I hate that person. Of course it's not. because of what the whole idea and i feel like there's much much more benefit now to being just a little bit more confined a little yep. bit more mysterious yeah and another reason that add fuel to the fire was um when i was away in bali i was off social media for a complete week and then while i was writing i thought to myself holy shit my thoughts are so fucking clear right yeah. now i can They're not influenced by anything exactly and yeah. that's the thing so that and the, the where i'm trying to go with this is with people how it relates to people in their prep is that they're like trying to show literally every single in their day from the wake up to checking selfie to the food to the next thing to yep. walking to the gym to every exercise to every set to every <laughs> literally everything. It's and I'm like, how does your brain just not not, not burn out from that? Well, like, especially that, but like especially people that have jobs as well. Like, how are you fitting all this in? <laughs> yeah, as well, but I just think also it's just like, for like lack of a better word, just do the work for yourself. 100%. Don't do it for everyone else's approval or opinion or input. You know what I mean? Like, just do the work for yourself. Correct. And to add on to that, I felt like if they're adding every single minor detail, they just do. I felt like they're just doing it for that reason. I agree, not yeah. Not for the actual... Yeah, they're not itself. doing it for themselves. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, when... So, where I'm also trying to go with this is... Uh, have you ever heard of Ryan Holiday? I think I know the name. Yeah. So Ryan Holiday, he wrote a book, book called The Daily Stoic. He's yes. written a whole yeah, bunch yeah, of books yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, great. He he has this book called 365 Days, Stoic Meditations, all that sort of stuff. One of them, which is one of my favorite ones, is... I'm trying to get this right. Yet, which is Marcus <laughs> Aurelius. He said, the simple act of one good deed deserves another. You shouldn't have to, if you have to tell someone, if you do something and then you ha you feel compelled to tell them, yep. you feel compelled to share them, yep. then the deed itself is completely worthless. Don't. So it's, um, it's not selfless. Exactly. Yeah. So when you do selfless stuff, like that's what actually helps you build as a character and all of course. that. So um, anyway, that's just, the, that's just my two cents really. I mean, <laughs> but re referring back to the whole online stuff as well. Yep. Since we have parameters, like uh, for me, I've always been like, okay, you should spend at least two years. I feel like you should have 
at least a qualification. So that's the big one, yep. of, of course. And the next one is you should have the, the patience yep. as well. And then the last one is you should never, ever, like, stop trying to learn. That's the, main, that's the main one. So where I'm, going, where I'm going with that is I took the whole online pro stage because I wanted to learn to at least just be a little bit better and yep. all of that. What are you your certain parameters? Do you believe that you know should be a certain amount of years? Should have a certain amount of quality. I think I agree with everything you're saying. I think a huge thing is um, is is just continue learning, no matter through like what, um, let's like say source that may be. I still think there should be something that you should be always be trying to learn something new and always trying to upskilling, even if there's just a certain pathway. Um, let's say in this in this world that you're really really interested in i think you should be going about that and 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 just learn about it go all in on it because then five years time you could you know be one of these people that are you know quite known for so and so i still obviously think you should learn you know a little bit of everything at least but like if you if there's something that you're really passionate go down that route and and learn all about it like i think that's quite a huge thing um, but I agree with you. I think you should. Uh, it, you shouldn't be just one of them things that you couldn't jump in just because you have an Instagram following. Um, I think you should, you know, kind of pay your dues a little bit first. Yeah, uh, that that's correct. And I've, I've also said, uh, well, we can relate to this as PTs as well. But like, if you think you're going to get far out of it solely off the basis of that you enjoy working it out. That's yep. a wrong for the wrong reasons. I agree. And here's the funniest thing I saw as well. So there's a guy who I knew who has been a PT for years. He finally felt like he wanted to move on and start pursue his own business yep. in another venture. And I was super happy for him. And I said, "What made you? What was your biggest cha uh, change in perspective?" He said, "Everyone who wants to get into the PT world, they say to themselves, oh, I do it because I want to help people, yep. which is okay because that's a cherry way to go.' But they leave because of the people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true." So, I mean, uh, and that's the main thing. So you have to have a very like, thick skin again yep. for those people. And I think that. so as well. All cool. Anyway, so tell us a little bit about, let's go back, let's rewind the history books a little bit. Tell us about how did you end up becoming a PT? This was, you said it was something you've always wanted to do, correct? Yeah, it's definitely, uh, um, yeah, probably towards the end of high school, definitely something I wanted to do. Um, I got into fitness in general. I had quite a bad eating disorder as a younger teenager. Oh, wow. Um, and mum kind of threw me into the gym. I'm not even sure how all that happened, how I agreed to it, but I think it was probably just forced. Um, and that obviously that was just the best way that she knows how and, and she'll take all the credit for that and she deserves all the credit for that. So props there. Um, and then I think from there, it was just a big snowball effect. Um, I can't really remember anything past that other than just like, I just fell in love with it. Um, and then I fell in love with obviously bodybuilding and that whole world. And I think towards the end of high school, probably that last year is when I decided that that was something I did, I wanted to do. Um, before that, I wanted to be like a graphic designer. So like I always, I I know the basics and, and, and can play around with that kind of stuff quite well. Um, as obviously that's kind of a path that I wanted to go down for quite a few years. Um, but yeah, after that, and then after school, I went straight into TAFE to do my courses. Um, and that was like a year. So it wasn't like the quick 12 week ones. Although I do feel like the information still isn't enough to what it should be. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I still think that there's a very, very smart decision to do. I think so as well. Because in the past, I've been quite critical of those courses. And I've had PTs that have come to me and said, 
fuck. Like it was like a three week course or a four week online yep. course, and they actually step into the deep end. It's like they got thrown into a shark infested water without yep. a safety net or I don't know whatever. Yeah, because the longer I always say it's like the longer the better. Now. I'm also going to quote here. Uh, have you ever heard of PT Mechanics? Yes, I have. Adam Becker. Shout yep. out to Adam Becker. Top G. Uh, he changed my perspective on the way I see it because it was like, he asked me this question. You know. So how long does it take to come, do you reckon it takes to become a carpenter? Oh, we, I think the standard apprenticeship would be like three years. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And how long does it take to become a doctor and all that? Where I'm going with this is like, how long do you reckon it takes to complete those uh, courses to become a PT? Yeah, exactly. Fucking 12 weeks. It, less. Yeah. Less. Yeah. Like, I, I said, less. I said, like, what's maybe I heard that like six weeks. He said, he took his head and say, some people get it done in 48 hours. Wow. And I was like, are you serious? Like, some places you can go to, you pay the money. It's all that matters, right? If you already, yeah, if you already had the information. You're done in 48 hours. Wow. Yeah, but he, and I was like, holy crap. So the problem is with being a PT as well, and then they get into that world, and yep. then they're three months in, and they're like, what the fuck? And yep. then they, because, you know, they feel like they've been thrown into a deep end and no one's guiding them. Yeah. That's the main thing. And then they drop out and they lose so much money, and then it, it's hard because, and again, it's not the, the people who do these courses run these courses they're a business of course they just what at the end of the day they got to make their money and yep. all that so if everyone if it took three years to become a pt and all that probably wouldn't be making as much money wouldn't be as attractive yeah so that's where this comes into play like um you should i feel like when it comes to pt and again in respect to your tafe course the longer you do the studying part yep. sometimes the most not always not always but most of the time, the better. Yeah, and like I said, I still think there should have been, I wouldn't say should have been, but there could have been way more information in that year, you know, but it gave me a really solid base and I, I learned the importance of obviously learning and upskilling, continuing upskilling after that as well. Um, but like, yeah, yeah, and and it's the same goes, like regardless of, I think, whether I did that, um, the TAFE or, or the, the 12, 48-hour uh, course instead. <laughs> I still think even the year after that I, the obviously I qualified in that year. And then the year after that, I still like tried to run my business for a year and a half. And because I was so green and so young, like probably 18 years old at the time, like it flopped, right? Like yeah. I didn't have the knowledge. I probably didn't have the patience. I wasn't definitely not the person I am now. Um, didn't have the maturity for it, right? Yeah. Um, and so like, it's obviously such a large part of it, but I'm glad that I kept going and, and, you know, and, and decided and this was my passion and I wanted to keep on with it. But you also get a lot of people, you get a lot of people that just come in and out of gyms. Like you'd work in a gym, you know, you just get the, the rotation is insane. Insane. Yeah. I always tell people like, I'm not comparing to war, but it's like, I call it the, I say the phase when you're in a PT for the first year, at least you're in the trenches. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yep. you're, you're taking grenades, you know, you're taking shots and yep. you got, cause you're taking constant hits of, Clients dropping in, clients dropping out. You're taking hits of making this much money one week and then making fuck all the next week. Yeah. And, and you got to get used to that. There's relentless consistency to be able to build a business like that. Yeah, you got to run through those trenches and then when you make it out and then you, you're you still going to hit it. Like let's say, for example, I hit a period, even though I was doing this for two years, where I was like, uh, I think it was about in January, February, March. It was so sweet. I was so happy like yeah. make, having more than like 25 hours of contact time with clients, a few online clients. Yep. It was it was such a sweet spot for me. And then 
you remember when we opened up the borders yeah. and everyone got COVID? Yeah. I lost 10 clients in the space of two weeks. Wow. I lost a shitload of money. Yeah. And then I had to make sure, and then I realized, oh, you are never safe. Yeah. And the moment you get comfortable, that's when the shit comes for you. 100%. But like you said, staying with it, and that is the most important thing. Yeah. Because always in industry, the ones of the PT, the people I've looked up to are yeah. usually the ones that have done it for the longest. Yeah. And the ones that do it for the love of it as well. Correct, correct. So let's talk about um, your business and all that. So give us a little bit of insight to it. How do you come up with the name? What are you looking for? The what name is pretty simple. It's obviously just Team JMV Coaching. Um, but I do, I kind of, I, I enjoy working with a wide variety of clients and it's it's one of them things where like, um, I don't I don't want to plug the business too much because it's like, for me, it's just like, I feel like everyone does that. But um <laughs> I, I do enjoy working with a lot of, I enjoy hearing people's journeys. I think that's why I enjoy PT so much because you get such a wide variety of characters and different walks of life. And I just really enjoy learning about people as well. So as much as they get value from me for the sessions and learning and et cetera, et cetera, and, and just learning about themselves and improving themselves, I also learn a lot from them as well. And I take away a lot from them. I take away a lot of value from the people that I work with. I'm very fortunate, obviously, like we said, like being consistent and being in the industry for a while, you can pick and choose your clients a little bit more now, right? For the most part. For the most part, I, yeah. I, I'm pretty yeah. lucky where I've been able to do that, especially on a PT front. Um, and I've been able to pick and choose my clients a little bit. Um, you know, if I don't want to work with someone, I don't have to, right? Okay, so do they, when they when they want to work with you, you do like a application, correct? Wouldn't, wouldn't call it an application. I wouldn't really say someone applies to work with me. Um, but it would be more so, do I think that is a good fit? But my thing is, do do, you, do I think that they will put in the work? Uh, that's all I care about. Is so It doesn't matter what their goals are. It could be absolutely anything. It could be someone uh, that's 140 kilos wanting to get to 100, it, or it could be someone that wants to start their prep for a bodybuilding competition. I've had like two of my clients start prep this past weekend for season A next year. And it's... Um, it doesn't matter what it is. I don't, I don't care what they're, they're wanting to achieve, but just as long as they're willing to put in the work for it. Okay, so what are some like red flags for you then if they came to you? Um, they'll get quick. <laughs> they get the results quick. <laughs> get good quick. <laughs> just the ones that want it now because you know that they're not going to last. Yeah. It's uh, a long game. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Correct. Everyone thinks, I think it's so time-based as for a lot of them yeah and i think a lot of them don't understand um not what it takes because i think it can be very it can be very simple and it can be very easy just to be fit and healthy right but you get a lot of these clients that get a lot of specific goals mm -hmm. and then they still expect these things to be quick and easy or it can be just something that they only have to put in hard work for a short period of time achieve that result and that's it uh, yes, and you'd obviously come across that before as well. We just a hundred percent, yeah. And I've always like um, they I I've now come to realize why they're saying it, and I feel like there's a reasonable answer for saying it. Of course, because everybody wants to get something quick, but the reason why everyone wants to get something quick is because people have come to this idea that you can achieve it quick. Yeah. So, uh, well, what's a and there's always come to this idea of like easy methods as well. Yep. Like I get, I'm not going to uh, obviously name drop or anything like that, 
but sometimes I see on ads for things like infomercials yep. or for like a, a shake or a pill and then they'll show something in the way they advertise it. They'll say, this person lost 30 kilos in two months. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, wait. And it's just because of that yeah. as well. So they think, oh, if he did it just by doing that. Oh, I can understand where people get it from, for sure. Yeah. I can understand where people get that idea from. And you can't, yeah, you can't throw shade at that, at that because you can't shade it to people who think that because it's marketed like that, right? Um, and it's a shame because then you, it, you, I don't think people understand the the hard work. And if someone wants to lose 50 kilos and get from 140, 150 kilos to 100, like it's going to take some fucking hard work. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't care who you are. Like you're, you're going to have to be in the trenches a little bit for that, you know? Mm-hmm. Understood. So obviously for someone such as yourself, like with online going yep. on and uh, clients in the gym and, you know, how do you, and obviously getting ready for prep, like run me through like a typical week. Like how do you sort of find balance to everything? I'm pretty fortunate. Like I said, I wouldn't like, I'm pretty fortunate. Like I said, with work, um, for the most part, I only work like two nights a week um, as of like doing PT and the rest is mornings. Um, I work like six mornings oh. a week. I work Monday through Saturday and then I work like a Tuesday and Friday night. So you don't usually do split shifts, do you? No, only on them them two days oh man that's healthy that's a a respect it's good but it it, i also want my life to revolve around and mimic the life that i want right like and i want it to work around that so the rest obviously like i have a good amount of online clients as well so i'm actually able to do that um and able to fill my mornings and and you know have the afternoon not to myself but you know i can get in what i need to get in i can get my especially in prep at the moment obviously can get my cardio done i can get training done i can get meal prep done i can run to shops for more food if I need to get more food, et cetera, et cetera, and, and make sure that I do have time to sit down on my laptop and do online work and do, et cetera. You, you know the life, you know? Yeah, I d- uh, yeah, 100% really, because a lot of the uh, the hard the hard thing is with these, with PT starting out for the first time is that there's a scarcity to grab clients. Yeah. So they'll have this period where their, um, visits, their whole schedule is completely open to them yeah. whenever and then it's like a scattered schedule, yeah. I've been told. Like, you have three clients in the morning, four clients in the evening one day, and then it's not consistent every yeah. week. And then they get sucked into that hole. Um, it becomes a big shit show as well. And then they have all these random clients everywhere, and they'll burn out as well. Yeah. I think that, you need to give yourself times. Do you have um, certain expectations for when it comes to your clients? Like, say, for example... Do you just make sure that every client has to tick these boxes? Like they have to be training at least a certain amount of times a week. They have to see me a certain amount, like once a week at least. Mm-hmm. Do you do like, you don't, do you do like, like once a month or you don't do like once every three weeks or anything I mean, like that? Most of my clients that see me are usually more than once a week. Really? I have very, have very few that are only once a week. Oh. Um, which is enjoyable because it almost means I can have like less clients, put more focus into them clients because I see them more. Um, and it's, yeah, like I, I just make sure that all my clients are just ticking their boxes that they want to tick. And like life happens. They're not competitive bodybuilders. They're, Correct. They're just not, like for a lot of them, they're just everyday people. Like shit happens in life that are more that is more important than them making it to the gym that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of course, that, that always happens. And I'm never going to get annoyed at them for that. Like I'm not going to be like, well, you told me you trained three times this week. You only trained two because et cetera, et cetera happened. Like that's, that's it's not realistic. Yeah, um, 
Okay. Yeah, of course I have expect. I of course I have outlines and expectations for them to hit the goals that they want to hit. Of course, yeah. Yeah, like and also, do you when it comes to your clients as well? Do you have uh, what was I going to say? Like, do you obviously don't give them time frames and all that. But let's say if you have a client who's not meeting those expectations, like, what do you do? I think we need to delve a little bit deeper into the reasoning why. Okay. All right. Let's give you an example. Um, you got one who's like starting to miss the sessions a little bit. Yeah. You know, he's someone who's not been doing his check-in forms. Yep. Someone is just like, you're starting to feel like a little bit lazy during the sessions. Like, yep. what do you do? Like, during the sessions that I'm with them? Yeah. Do you like sort of like lay down the law? Like, hey man, I've noticed, um, I love you, man. I've noticed you're slacking a bit. <laughs> What's going on here? I think I've, so one thing I really, really pride myself on, first of all, just to add on to that, to start off with, mm-hmm. I have really, really good relationships with all my clients. Cool. I'm a very open person. I'm an absolute open book. You can ask me anything and I'll answer it. Um, even after this podcast, you can ask me absolutely anything and I'll answer it, just absolutely truthfully. I I own who I am and I am who I am. Um, and my clients see that and it translates. So I get a lot of that back because I give that energy out that like it's okay to speak about anything. I'm an open book. They can ask me anything. I'll often get a lot of that back. Um, so a lot of the times, if it's something like that, you know, it could be anything. It could be just the fact that they are getting lazy, of course. And But I I, I find my way around that conversation um, and I play it very, very carefully, of course, because obviously it's a conversation that's easier to have online, uh, sorry, in person than it is online. It's not something that you kind of just want to message someone being like, hey, your session was really shit today with me. What's going on? Like, <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? Like you can't translate that kind of thing over online. It has to be an in-person conversation, I think for the most part, um, especially if, well, obviously if it's a, if it's a, um, a face-to-face client. Um, but you kind of just delve a little bit deeper into it and it could be anything. It could be just, I I always try and dig a little bit if I can, um, but I also know when to pull back if it's, there's not time, if it's not the right time to dig. Um, but it could be obviously anything. It could be personal that they've got something going on in their life that they're just not speaking about or not dealing with. Um, or yeah, like I said, it just could be because they're lazy, but you never know. Awesome. So it's glad, great that you're an open book and all that. That leads me to wanting to ask relationships with clients is probably the most important, one of the most important things as yep. well. How do you build that sort of like relationship with someone? If you just seen them, like you've never seen them in person, but it's just online. Um, I think again, because of the personality that I put out on social media. And I think because when they chat to me one-on-one, they tend to get to know me a little bit. I'll always send voice messages as well. Oh, okay. I'm obviously messaged them as well, but I'll, I'll send voice messages often as well because then I feel like actually hearing someone's voice, um, it just makes a little bit of a difference, I think. It's a little bit more personable. It's not, they're not just not sending a message on the fly kind of thing. Like you're actually taking the time to talk to them. Never thought about that. Okay. Does that oh. make sense? That does make a lot. Actually, I see a point with that as yeah. well. So when you talk also about like, being an open book and like putting yourself out there as much when you can on social media. Uh, how, do you have like a structure? In so terms of social media? In terms of social media, no. yeah. No, no, you just free for it? I think like usually I was doing like, like as until as of recent, every third post I was doing was a client post, like a client transformation or something uh, like that. And a little write up about the client. Um, as prep gets closer and the show gets closer, I've been kind of like scaling back on that a little bit and kind of just putting them on my stories or, or just straight up on the business page. Um, just for like more selfish reasons, obviously as well, like people enjoy prep. It gets exciting the leaner you get and the closer you get to a show. People will like enjoy seeing that kind of content as well. 
Um, but obviously my business page is, is always there. But no, I don't have a structure. I've tried it before. I've tried multiple structures and I just don't- like, What have you tried? Just different ways of doing things. Like, oh, this is, I'm gonna do an educational post on this every third post or et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like for the most part, it doesn't work for me and it doesn't, I, I don't know if I just haven't found the right structure yet, but it just doesn't suit me as a person, if that makes sense. I'm just a very like, I, I do things as I do them in the in the best way possible in the fact that like i think just because i because i am who i am like it just works in that way yeah uh, i don't like having like a super set routine like structure with social media because it doesn't translate who i am to that i'm glad you brought that up because i feel like you know when when it goes back to the whole online world yeah they have to keep constantly 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 just showing content that's down. and that's what i mean and that's why i said like people just it looks the same yeah and and so i don't want to keep shoving my client content down someone's throat yeah. like yeah because <laughs> you know when there's like uh because i got to a point where i was just posted when when i was one thing i actually did a lot of was i posted a lot of reels yep and i actually enjoyed making those reels They're fun, the, yeah they are fun yeah because when it came to and i tell people when it comes to posting content if you're a pt and all that yes the market is one way but you yourself has physically got to enjoy this. 100%. And if you're someone who's quite a private person and it fucking like you have to roll your eyes. You can tell. Then when you're typing up a massive overpost, I say just don't. Don't bother. Don't, don't bother. No. Because and if you're someone who just enjoys like posting funny videos or posting workout videos, yeah. go ahead and fucking do it if you enjoy it that much. But don't, if you don't put out, if you put out content you hate to put out yeah. for the sake of trying to get more of something, yep. it kind of kills the soul. I agree, and I think that's when my business has done best is when I've just been myself and just done my own, my done my thing, uh, you know, on social media and all that stuff, and and posted what I wanted to post, and you know, oftentimes that is something that's a bit more educational, or it might just be uh, like something that's like a quote that I've heard that day. I'll check out my story or like so and so, um, or I'll just jump on my stories just to chat shit about something. Um, and, and it can be absolutely anything as well. Like one person I have to give credit to that's been putting up really good educational content. And it's just such a simple format. It's actually just a white background with his face. And then the information that's there would be Richard. Mm. Richard Physique Code. And obviously like you've uh, seen- He's come on the podcast before. Uh, yeah, I thought he had. But like his information is just so quality. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just, it's the simplest format of just a white fucking background with his logo there and the actual information but like it just, I think it gets so much engagement because it's so simple. And you can tell that he actually just enjoys putting out educational content. He's been doing it forever though. Yeah, of course. And that's the main, and that's the good, and that's the part that I also respect the most about him. And he said it to me, like, how do you, I said, I asked him that, how do you make everything feel so simple? He says, well, it was because you got to give it to, or you also, he's like, I'm not trying to sound, he sat there and like, I'm not trying to sound smart. Yeah. And he's not trying to sell himself. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can, he just putting out, you can tell he's putting it out information because he wants to put it out. Yeah. It doesn't seem forced. Like if, yeah, absolutely. Big shout out to him. Big love. Because he, if he doesn't post something for five days, he doesn't post something for five days. He might post like three days consecutively. Do you know what I mean? And it, it's just this format that obviously works for him. Yeah. It's not going to work for everyone, but it works for him because he enjoys it. And what he's putting out, he actually enjoys putting out. Good, good, good. Anyway, man, um, sorry, I got to cut it cut short there. That's almost, that's the time we have up in the room right it's now. Good, but uh, let's just uh, cap this off. Yep. Uh, but first by saying, so guys, if you want to follow Josh, you can follow Josh on, just drop your handle. Josh M. Birch on Instagram. Awesome. And your business page, please? Uh, team JMB Coaching. Cool, cool. Now, if they want to work with you, which one would they rather than go to? Just go either or. 
doesn't matter. All cool. And is there any other ways they can contact you as well? I'd say that's my main, pretty much the one that I'm always on the most. So, Brilliant. And you will be competing on what date? 22nd of October at the Regal Theatre in Subiaco. Brilliant. All right. That is all the time we have for today. Josh, thank you very much for joining me, man. Cheers, man. Absolutely. My Appreciate pleasure. And hopefully we'll get you back on once the to. competition's over. It'll be fun. We can chat about it. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. And that is game.